Hi, I'm Tony Kramer with RDO Equipment Company. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 131, and today we are going to be talking about implement guidance. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on the many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this to, such as Apple's podcast app. We've got it on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Overcast, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDOTonyK. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I am really excited to welcome Caleb Seeger, who is a product specialist with RDO Equipment. Caleb is also a returning guest. He was on the show um, uh, few episodes, few seasons back um, in the cab with an exact emerge planter. So really excited to get Caleb back on the show today. Um, Caleb, why don't you just remind our listeners a little bit about where you came from and kind of how you got involved in the industry and, and how you got to where you are today. Hey, thanks, Tony. Happy to be here. Uh, like you said, I am an ag product specialist. I'm based out of the Breckenridge and Fergus Falls, Minnesota stores. I guess a little background, I've been working for, I've been RDO almost three years here. Um, prior to that, I worked for another deer dealer, and then just before that, I went to school and studied uh, ag systems management. So quite a bit of background with deer products, and that's what we specialize in is the precision ag and, and basically deer products in general as a product specialist with RDO. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks again for uh, coming back onto the show and, and talking a little bit about uh, implement guidance. And just to dive into it, what exactly is implement guidance? So implement guidance, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's just guidance for the implement. You know, it's as things get more and more precise, we got to try to make sure that implement is right where we want it to be. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, but we actually have two different ways to steer the implement. Is that right? Yep, there's uh, so two different methods. So um, naming-wise, we've got active implement guidance, and then there's auto track implement guidance, which is our, our passive version. So tell our listeners a little bit. So let's just start out active implement guidance. How does that differ from, from auto track um, implement guidance? Just tell us, you know, what does active implement guidance entail? So uh, active implement guidance is kind of where it all started. It's uh, been around between the two different versions here. It was out first. Um, and it is basically we have a, say, a steerable hitch, um, steerable axle or coulters um, on the implement or right at the hitch to uh, steer that implement or put it where it needs to be guidance-wise to match the, the machine. So with that one, with active implement guidance, you are physically steering the implement that you are pulling. Yep. Okay. And auto track implement guidance, What? how does that one differ from active implement guidance? I know you said it's it's a passive form of guidance. What makes that different from the, the first one? The implement itself is actually going to be following our guidance line. So I'll say the tractor's pulling a planter. The tractor can drive off the line in order to make sure that 
implement or planter stays on the line. So there's no physical hitch or anything controlling um, where that machine is. It's the, the tractor's driving wherever it needs to be to maintain position on the line with that implement. Okay, so you're not necessarily, and I would imagine hydraulic downforce on planters is a, a big part of this, but you're not necessarily then running the tire tracks right down or in between rows. You're just kind of, the tractor goes where it needs to go to make sure that planter's on the line, correct? Yep, exactly. It can it can do whatever it needs and drive wherever. Um, so like when you think about, you know, when you would use this form of guidance versus active, um, you know, if anything that would be your first pass where it doesn't matter if you would run over, say, crop rows or anything, that's when passive would be a great option. So say you had a standing crop, like uh, say you had a tiller or something with coulters that would uh, steer an implement, then you would have to go with active implement guidance and that would uh, make sure your your machine or tractor wouldn't be driving over rows. It would just uh, steer the implement. So that's the, the big difference between the two is uh, usually it's depends. We ask the customers, you know, what, what are they going to use it for? And depending on if it's first pass or say second pass with uh, standing rows, that uh, makes a difference. That's a really good way to put it, Caleb, and something I never really thought about that, you know, if it's your first pass, if it's a maybe a tillage pass or, or whatever, or it's your planter, so you've done your tillage and now you're coming with your planter, uh, with the passive or auto track implement guidance, there's there's no need to stay within a specific row. So yeah, that's a that's a really good way to put it. So we've talked a little bit about what each one of them is, and you did kind of touch on, you know, how, how or when you would use it. But what, what do we see out there um, in our, our trade area with the customers you work with? What are people doing in the field when they're using this technology? Are they, I mean, you, you, t- you mentioned planting. Are there any other times when auto track or active implement guidance would make sense for a customer? The most common one we have is on planters. You know, um, um, the bigger a, an implement or planter is, the more a chance it might have a little bit of drift, especially on, say, if it's going across a side hill or something. Um, that's when we, the, the most common request for any kind of implement guidance, I guess, in our area. Um, put the, the receiver on a planter, and then we've been had good luck with the passive or auto track implement guidance. Uh, like we said there earlier, it uh, doesn't matter where the tractor drives, but it always keeps that planter right where it needs to be. Seen more um, strip till um, applications. Um, a lot of the same thing, accounting for implement drift. And uh, so a passive has been the most common, but yeah, if uh, in a strip till or even like uh, any time of type of like organic farming, I would say, you know, if they have uh, standing rows of crop and they have a field cultivator that has to run through and clean out in between the rows, that's when they would use active implement guidance and they'd more than likely have a hitch controlling movement of the implement. Okay, so yeah, there's there's definitely uses for it in in planting as well as in tillage or or weed control pest management situations. Now, I know we uh, you get some hills over there in the Fergus Falls, Minnesota area, um, but uh, generally speaking, here in the Red River Valley of Minnesota, North Dakota, uh, we don't have a lot of hills. Um, so, but I do know um, I can speak for some of the other RDO equipment locations out in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, um, some of the Western North Dakota uh, or Central North Dakota, I guess you could say, in our Bismarck area. Um, there's there's a little more 
more terrain um, up and down. Uh, there, there's a little more contour there per se that would uh, make a lot more sense to utilizing implement guidance. But that's not to say, like you said, you've got uh, you've seen customers with uh, um, planters and strip tillers and things like that. So there is a place for it, uh, even in the the flatter grounds, the flatter areas. Now, we've talked a little bit about what each type of implement guidance is. We talked about when we could potentially use it during a growing season. What kind of compatibility is there, Caleb, when it comes to tractors, implements, displays, receivers? Is there specific pieces or specific components that can and can't be used uh, when we're doing implement guidance? Yeah, uh, so I guess, uh, so we've got our two types of implement guidance, so... We've got, uh, so in order to do active implement guidance, we can either use a 2630 or Gen 4 display. Um, when we go to our passive implement guidance, we uh, strictly use Gen 4, so 4640, 4600 um, command center there on the tractor. Okay, and then so with those displays, are there, I would imagine there's activations of, of some sort that are needed as well? Yep, in order to, uh, to do that, uh, we would need our implement guidance um, activation for the, the 2630 and then uh, it'd be an automation 3.0 activation on the 4600, 4640. Okay, so each one kind of has its own dedicated, just like like most other activations, whether you're using a GS3 2630 or a, one of the Gen 4 family displays. Okay, what about uh, other pieces, the receivers or, or the tools or uh, machines themselves? Yep. So I uh, just go to the next step. I guess receivers is the next thing we think of. So we got uh, we can either run it with a Starfire 3000 or a Starfire 6000 as long as we've got the latest uh, currently available 20-2 software um, on both receivers. And then we can e- run either one of those on the tractor or the implement, uh, doesn't matter. Um, we can run basically SF2, SF3, or RTK. You know, the, the higher the accuracy, the better. So we definitely recommend RTK. At least one of the receivers has to have it in order to use the shared signal. Um, that's one thing to keep in mind. But uh, yeah, compatibility-wise, if you got a 3000 and a 6000, we can run them together. And that changed recently, correct? Because I believe before there was a specific way that you had to, whether it was the leader receiver or the follower receiver, so the machine or the implement, you had to have specific receivers in specific places when you were using 3000s and 6000s, and that now changed? Yep. Prior to this uh, 20-2 software update, uh, yes, we had a lot more compatibility um, configurations to, to have to account for so now yes it doesn't matter so as long as we got the latest software it is uh, much easier to set things up there cool yeah so that's something definitely to remember as long as you have this uh the 20-2 or kind of the the 2020 mid-season software um you have that or newer um then you don't have to worry about leader follower. Now, you you mentioned also shared signal. Um, explain to us real quick, what is shared signal and, and how does that benefit or how can we use that with implement guidance? So basically our shared signal uh, gives us the ability. So say we've got uh, one receiver that uh, doesn't has a higher level accuracy than the other. Um, we would basically be able to utilize that higher level of accuracy on, uh, say, that one receiver, rather than having, um, you know, having to have two RTK receivers. We could have an SF2 and an RTK, or SF3 and RTK. So, 
that makes things a little you know easier you know you don't have to buy um two rtk receivers to do that yeah definitely a little more cost effective you don't need to have both receivers now there are some farms out there i know that have uh, a number of rtk receivers or a number of sf2 sf3 receivers but uh, in order to do this you so you could essentially put an rtk receiver on one of the pieces and a sf1 receiver on the other one but you would get rtk correction on both correct if we did say rtk on one and sf1 on the other um yes rtk would be our our overall system accuracy yep okay cool yeah no like like you had mentioned it uh, makes it a little easier a little more cost effective for a customer um, so is that all of the components we need is just a, a receiver activations displays? Or are there other pieces to the puzzle? Uh, depending on, uh, which type of implement guidance we're doing. So, um, active implement guidance has a few more parts to it. Uh, so in order to, you know, it's a, it's a moving say hitch or steerable axle. So we have that component that we would usually need to add to the implement along with, uh, the John Deere app controller, which, uh, that would talk, you know, between our displays and receivers and talk to that steerable component. And then, uh, all the necessary harnessing to get us back to that receiver that we have on the implement. Um, a lot of times, you know, we have to have a mast as well built, um, for that receiver, a good sturdy one there. Um, and again, we only need that's a lot of that stuff for active implement guidance. The with the passive implement guidance, the nice thing is, is we really just need uh, the harnessing and then the mast. Um, we won't need that app controller or any of the steering components. So, so there again, when we talk kind of cost effectiveness and and everything is from what I'm understanding, everything is very specific to what you're going to be trying to do or how you are going to steer your implement. But the the auto track implement guidance is a very cost effective easy way to get into that implement guidance especially if you're not if you're not second or third pass when you have standing crop yep exactly yep much uh cheaper and then yeah just easier option you know less moving components and it's uh setup wise it's very easy and I do know that you talked about the active implement guidance, whether there's numerous options out there um, in the industry with steerable axles, side shifting hitches, um, steerable hitches, steerable coulters on the front of the, the implement, things like that. Um, lots of different options when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you work with a, a few customers that utilize some implement guidance um, tell us a little bit, tell us a, a story that you've got that uh, um, really, it, it really helped the customer achieve what they were looking for and, and what they're doing with their implement guidance. Yeah. So I've got uh, specifically, we've got a couple customers actually, you know, called me for the same scenario and end up doing the same solution. But uh, common problem was a, a big planter um, had a little bit of drift. They had a few hill, fields with hills and uh they were they were showing yield loss in those hills because of implement drift so um either you know you know uneven emergence or hard for the sprayer to follow um those rows and then so there was lots of different uh issues that can arise from implement drift so um we went with the you know we talked about our options there and uh, the easiest uh, cost effective way was to do uh, auto track implement guidance um Customer had almost all the components. We just needed to add the automation activation and then a mast and then a couple wiring harnesses to throw that receiver on the planter. 
do our measurements for setup and uh, that was it. That's the nice thing about this system is uh, it's a lot of plug and play. You put in your measurements, your offsets that you need um, for the implement for the tractor and it's it just works for itself. It's Customers been very happy. I actually, you know, once we, we got it all installed and, and went through things, we never heard about that again. That's awesome to hear. Um, obviously, numerous different reasons to run implement guidance, whether it be uh, uneven guess rows because you have implement drift with your planter or uh, this specific customer that you were talking about saw some yield drag. Uh, yep. do I, one other uh, thing, I guess, it was we, we knew it was working because then the customer actually questioned uh, for his next sprayer, he was like, well, now that I have implement guidance and my rows are straight, do I really need row sense on the sprayer? Because uh, he said it, it seemed like it never actually needed it. So that was pretty cool to hear that uh, the implement guidance was right on the money there. So Yeah, definitely. That's uh, kind of eye-opening there that that customer was running uh, uh, auto track row sense on their John Deere self-propelled sprayer and starts questioning the need for that um, after he implemented uh, auto track implement guidance a very cool story to hear um, the the reason for it and kind of what uh, sparked the conversation in that customer mm-hmm. so um, yeah awesome story uh, if somebody wants to learn more about implement guidance where can they go who can they talk to yeah if you're uh, i guess if you're in rdo country stop in uh, the store either talk to account managers or access for a product specialist otherwise uh, anywhere else uh, your john deere dealer would be happy to help you out awesome well i just want to thank you caleb for taking the time to sit down with me today talk a little bit about implement guidance the differences between the two offerings that we have whether it be active with that steerable hitch steerable uh, um, axles or the auto track implement guidance that uh, you maybe have a little more experience with and kind of driving the tractor off of the guidance line to make sure the implement stays on that guidance line. So Mm -hmm. thanks again for uh, doing this and telling us a little bit more about implement guidance. Hey, thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. If you have questions about the technology and products discussed or have ideas about future episodes, please leave them in the comments below. You can also subscribe to RDO's YouTube channel and be in the know about each episode, or tune in on any streaming service. Thanks again for listening.